London. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Thursday, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's Trent Condon. And Ken Miller, we're with you for the next couple of hours and appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us as we talk sports with you. BMW of Des Moines guest list. Uh, looks like this today. Of course, today is draft day and we're going to do a lot on it. Uh, we have two of the local teams in the spotlight. Uh, today we'll talk to the, about the Vikings. We'll talk about the Bears. Uh, first up is going to be Dane Mozatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Covers the Vikings, also covers the Twins and all the Minnesota sports teams. So we'll uh, go a little more in-depth than just the Vikings, who are slated to pick number 14. At 11.05, Bill Bender covers college football and the NFL uh, for the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. We'll talk about the playoff uh, uh, format in college football, where he anticipates it's going to end up. He's done a lot on the draft, etc. so we'll pick Bill's brain at 11.05. And then Jeff Hughes, who's never shy to express his opinion, uh, and I appreciate the heck out of him for that. Uh, and he'll join us to talk about uh, the Bears. He, of course, has Da Bears blog. He'll join us at about 11.25. Da Bears slated to pick number 20, whether they do, whether they move back, stay there, move up. Uh, one of the more intriguing things is there are a number of intriguing things. And fingers crossed something intriguing breaks during the next couple of hours so we can opine uh, while it's happening. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Had a great time last night out at Mistress with our mock draft with KXNO. It it's was good. a uh, herding cats at times out there, but <laughs> yeah. it was a really fun time. Uh, did a great job with the event graphite construction group and Mistress. Uh, really good partners here at KXNO. We're glad to have a board. AD, the Fanatics, did a really good job yeah. with it. and uh, Yeah, it was a fun time out there. And I saw you. Yes. For a fleeting moment. Right. I believe. And I'm not being facetious. Right. That is the first time I have ever <laughs> saw you out of work, outside of work. Uh-huh. Does that sound right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Probably. I mean, I've been outside since January 2020. Well, yeah, but we've known each other and worked oh, with each other true, yeah. for five years. I think uh, I just don't. I don't know. I know. It, I just it's, don't. It's pulling teeth. I know. Bama Bob has talked for years I about know. getting you to a game. No, and he's, guess, he's paying the way. Guess what? When that happens, yeah. and I hope that it happens, the show will be fine on Monday. Yeah, we will be we will be just fine. We'll be able to get through two hours of football, even if you haven't seen every snap of every game you want to see. <laughs> I promise. Well, and that's always been the biggest, uh, I guess, hurdle to doing that. But it was fun. I was glad I got out. I, I wanted to be, get there earlier, but I had a call that was scheduled for 2.30 that got bumped to 4.30, uh-huh. and it was 4.40 when it started. You know how those things go. Uh, absolutely. So, but I was glad I went over, and you guys did a great job, and um, it sounded good on the air. Good, good. Yeah, it sounded like you guys were having fun, and I could tell that there were people there and when i got there it was nice to see a bunch of tables were full and the line to make their picks was still in place that uh, it wasn't running out of steam or momentum seemingly at all uh, i got a chuckle at some of the picks when i looked at the big board mm-hmm. which was an awesome addition to the event that uh, you could if you were there late you could actually go and take a look at the board and see who's come off the board uh it was it was fun and mistress Bruins, first time i set foot in the place i was impressed by it yeah got a pile of taps 
Uh, saw some people I hadn't seen in a long time. So, yeah, hats off and, um, to everybody that pulled that off, you included. Uh, it was a fun time. And now the real draft begins. Well, not yet. Is this Christmas for it's, you? I love this day, Trent. I always have loved it's, this it's day. It's the melding of the two things you love, college football mm-hmm. and the NFL, all in kind right. of one thing. And, as importantly as anything, <laughs> and I know maybe it's not the actual official halfway point of the offseason, but it sure feels like that to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the Super Bowl's over and then it waits. And yeah, there's always stuff going on, right? But this feels like we're weeks away from magazines. Mm-hmm, right. We're weeks away from Phil Steele. I saw the SEC put out their media day schedule. Now, they have backed up a couple of weeks from normal. Did oh, you see really? that? I yeah, didn't they're, know. They're closer to when the Big 12 normally starts, but it's going to be an in-person event. They, they said yes. that. I like to hear that because hopefully that oh, means... Oh, my gosh. The Big Ten and Big Twelve will follow suit. Uh, pressure's on. It's, it's it's up to them. Well, the Big Twelve is in Texas. Yeah, uh, you know they're going to be fine with that. It's just if the conference is. So let's say Big Ten would they move it to Indianapolis if well, Illinois no, still I want to go to Chicago? I, I do too. But I'm just saying if there's still restriction or there's a little bit of a pause at the very least still in Illinois. Yeah, would it make more sense? We're still going to do it. We want to do it mm-hmm. in person. Probably Indy's the one that makes makes the most sense of a place to go if it can't be yep, in Chicago. Probably right. Try I th- Chicago might be my favorite city in the country. I just love Chicago. I I New York, L.A. Boy, New York's really special. L.A.'s kind of. I love the oh, the beach towns. Yes. Um, New York's really cool too. And I enjoyed Boston the time that I was there. That's the a, great thing great about country. Chicago is we can drive there. That's it, right? Yeah. It's five and a half hours. Um, the tolls are a pain in the you know what. Yes, but. Other than that, I mean, you don't have to take the toll road, but it, it is. There's way less traffic. Uh, selfishly, Trent, I hope it's Chicago because that's where the Cubs play. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really nice to be able to, you know, double dip and get a Wrigley Field trip in while you're um, while you're going to Big Ten media days. Look, it's 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 the city for me. If the Big 12 media days were in Chicago and the Big Ten was in Dallas mm-hmm. and they were the same weekend, I'd be going to Big 12 media days. Right. It's Chicago over Dallas for me, and it's, it's not even close. Anyways, uh, draft is today. We know it's going to happen. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised that we haven't seen any mo- movement yet. I did see Jason Lacken for, is that how he says last mm-hmm. night? Uh, last name, uh, last night he tweeted and got just crushed for it. Um, that apparently Chicago and New England are the most aggressive as far as calling teams that are in the, um, late single digits, early teens of the draft trying to gauge, is there an opportunity to move up and what it would cost? Look, I, I, and I appreciate the tweet. I would be disappointed if the Bears, the Pac, the Patriots, the Washington football team, anybody that needs a quarterback hasn't picked up the phone. Right. But uh, when Lackenfort uh, tweeted that, a lot of Bears fans attacked him right away because has he made a lot of mistakes? Has he, has he called a lot of shots I like regarding the Bears? I I, I have no problem with him. I don't know. Don't, don't national people in general, though, kind of Take get a lot of arrows? Yeah. yeah, probably so. That's a fair point. Yeah. I I didn't read anything into it. I saw some of the things you did, too. Uh-huh. And just being yeah, a national That means reporter. that we're not getting a quarterback yeah, because right. he's never right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was the consensus, <laughs> one after another. Uh, so uh, we'll do some. We'll do a lot on the draft here in, uh, in most of our segments coming up. I want to talk about last night. And you know what? I don't know why, but I'm so glad I got the payoff as a sports fan. If you are a Cubs fan and your team was going down in flames last night, and they were, um, and you stuck with it, 
it was the payoff that I think that we deserve for watching that. And by the way, these Braves, Trent, they're a, they're going to be a factor. They're very talented. They really and they can hit the crap out of the baseball. Um, they've got a lot of dudes, mm-hmm. and they got a couple of pitchers that are going to come back. I still think that this Braves team, if they get to, are they? What did you tell me when I asked you this last time? I was surprised they were only, I think, six to one. I'm waiting for this team to get a double digit beside their name. Mm-hmm. Look, the Dodgers are the Dodgers, right? Um, and the Mets, how about DeGrom again last night? Yeah. Good God. He had an off night. He only struck out nine. He's got, uh, what? ERA went up from .39 to .58 or something like that. He's got two wins to show for it. It's incredible. Yeah, two wins on the money line this year. Yeah. It, it's It's amazing what he's doing. But the payoff for the Cubs came late in the game last night in a 10 nothing game when David Ross decided, you know what, I'm, I'm going to save the bullpen um, enough. We're waving the white flag. And then they went to position players. Mm-hmm. And they started with Anthony Rizzo, who could not get the smile off of his face. Him and Freddie Freeman are very close. And that's become a very apparent here with some of the... Um, some of the video and the audio uh, that Major League Baseball has put out, they caught uh, Rizzo got Freeman in a rundown earlier, and they and, and Rizzo happened to be mic'd up, and that was great audio. But when the MVP faced the first baseman, now pitcher, it was it was not magicals over the top. It was the it was a payoff for watching a crappy game, and and watching him strike out Freddie Freeman and the grin on both of their faces. When Freeman struck out, he almost he was laughing. Mm-hmm. That's what you know, you know. I'm not. I'm old school. I don't like the hugs at first base, but that was a blowout game, and that was good. That that's that game needed that. And if you watched it and you didn't turn it off, that was your payoff. Um, you know, if you're a Cubs fan and you wanted this team to miraculously do something, which they wouldn't. It was great theater. The smile, as you mentioned, that was the first thing that jumped out to me. I didn't see it live like you. I saw, though, basically the full replay of it. And uh, going through every single pitch, he ended up throwing, what, five pitches? I guess it was to Freddie Freeman. They were both smiling. They mm-hmm. were both engaged in a game that was 10 nothing at the time. Yep. It's over. Right. And the smile. And the part of sports that a lot of times we miss. We miss... Because we are hardcore sports fans, both of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. I'm old school, too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like you buddy-buddying during a game. Right. After the game, I don't have a problem Absolutely. Even before the game. Yeah. During the game. And by the way, that ship has sailed because yeah. it, that's never going back to the way it was. Right. I mean, we're never going to see a collision at the plate like Fosse and Rose. Yeah. It's never going to happen. And it's certainly it's not an all-star, all-star game. game. Right. right. That's what I mean. It's these moments, though, that also bring, for me... Just the the human spirit. Yes. That they're not robots. They're not guys that I'm betting on. They're not guys on my fantasy baseball team. Mm-hmm. These are real people. I remember I got an opportunity my senior year. You know me. Not a real big guy. Wasn't a pitcher by the time I got into high school. I was as a little kid. By the time varsity baseball comes around, I'm not throwing anymore. And we had a couple of guys that had arm problems late in the year. And my coach asked me, as a senior, a little embarrassing, but hey, would you be willing to help us out and throw some innings on the JV game? We played JV varsity doubleheaders. Absolutely. And I, this reminded me of that moment. First time I'd taken the mound in a real game in five years, probably, since Legion Ball in seventh grade. And the smile on my face. Yeah, I was throwing against freshmen and sophomores. 
Right. But still, that smile. And it's the same oh, thing for awesome. Rizzo. You just go out there. He probably never anticipated this moment was actually going to come. And I'm sure he's talked to Rossi. Hey, we ever have this moment? <laughs> put me in. But also, kind of giving crap about it. You're not going to do that. Yep. And it comes to fruition. And he gets his buddy and he in gets the batter's box. I got the, MVP, the, uh, the reigning MVP. I got the sound of the strikeout. You ready for it? Yeah. As we bring it up here. Two of the best personalities in the sport squaring off right here. He wants to punch him out so bad. That is unbelievable. So that was that's the marquee network, is, right? Yeah. I, I watched um I watched it on Fox Sport FS one last night. Who had the call on that? Eric Karros and Kevin Burkhart. Okay. And they weren't there, uh, of course. No, nobody's yeah. there except if you're in the home ballpark. Um, yeah, I, Karros is really good. Eric mm-hmm. Karros is really good. One of my favorite, as I told you, I used to cover spring training was one of my favorite events. And, and I got a, oh, I don't know, eight, ten-minute piece, just Eric Karros. And I, he couldn't have been nicer, more accommodating. You know, it's funny. The guys that, um, that if I go back over the list of baseball players that I interviewed, the best ones, the guys that were willing to give you the time of day, where are you from? Are you from Des Moines? Now I'm going to go over here and do a New York guy or yeah. whatever, right? Um, Todd Zeal, who's now working for, on the Mets broadcast. John Smoltz. Eric Karros. Oh, I'm missing a few. Um, they were just incredibly accommodating. have now gone into media after their careers. Um, but Karros was good. Kevin Burkhardt, it was, it, was a, it was a good broadcast last night, but watching those two and then watching Rizzo, he wanted to keep the baseball. Wanted to keep the baseball, and he called somebody out from the, uh, or got the attention of the dugout and made sure that that ball's going to be put somewhere. And I don't know, I'm sure, I'm guessing Freddie Freeman will sign it mm-hmm. at some point. And, ah, awesome. Just great theater. You know, blowout baseball game where the Cubs had absolutely zero shot of making that comeback in the game last night, but there they were. Um, you know, friend on friend, smile of smile versus smile. Awesome, awesome night. What else from the world of baseball? Boy, your twins, they woke up in a big, big way yesterday. Finally. Whew. I just needed to uh, give them the motivation by betting against them yesterday. Yes, That's what and it you took. did. Yes, yeah. Didn't do anything else, just bet against them. And it was over early, too. It was, yeah. It started with Buxton and mm-hmm. went from there. Three home runs in the first. God, he's good, Trent. My God, he's fun to watch. So Talented. You know, as much as I like him watching, hitting the ball out of the ballpark, I I think more so I would rather see a shot to the second, or to the second, to the shortstop of the third baseman, and then him getting on his horse and trying to outrun the baseball down to first base. Did he have one of those yesterday? He did, two yeah. days ago for sure. Yeah. Uh, not sure. I'm not sure. Well, I didn't see the game yesterday. Uh-huh. The game was nowhere to be found. It was on YouTube. It was YouTube TV exclusive yesterday. <sighs> So what's up with that? There's, I think, a game a week that is, is that way. Yeah, an MLB that is set up in that direction. I searched everywhere for it, and no so six sixty eight, no six sixty three. No. I think is is a Cleveland extra innings channels all black. Right, out. that would have been blacked. But we should have got it on six sixty eight. Then I went over to the MLB Network, and they had the Brewers. And boy, there was the worst call of the year in that game. Yeah, that uh, interference, interference, just an egregious call. Um, so, but YouTube, do you need a subscription for that? No, no, it's a free YouTube game. So, so you just go to YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, if, if you have a smart TV, yeah. you just open up the YouTube app. Oh, God. Pop right Come up on. there. You know who you're talking to. Yeah, right? you can do these things. You can do it. 
So YouTube TV, or just YouTube.com? YouTube. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You could have got on your computer, watched it that way. Could have done it on your phone. <laughs> and a smart TV, you could do it that way in a lot of different ways that you can do it. It's the future. No, it's I coming. Know. Look at dude, the NHL's moving to, where did they end up? In Apple, I think. Yeah. And You're, Turner. So is Fox is a Fox was Fox is out. Is Center Ice? I hope not. Is it going to become a thing of the past? Because no. so many of these are going to ESPN Plus with their new deal. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that you might be watching a lot of games via stream. Well, so, well, maybe, but like for the Wild, for instance, they're on Fox or Bally Sports North. Yes, that's not going away. That won't. No, not, not the regional right. broadcast. Yeah. So I my, my I get the Jets regional is what I pay for, but that's out of market. Right. And because it's out of market, will that be available on a direct TV? Well, if you were to ask me this a few days ago, I would be an apoplectic. Now that you're asking me this today when they're in the midst of a five-game losing streak, <laughs> I'm not as upset. You will be upset come October, though. Yes, that's for sure. And if this, this is when the When everybody's case. starting anew. Right. And this is our year. I've heard it a lot. Yes, you have. Yeah, we've, we've uttered it a lot in the history of that inept franchise and that godforsaken city that I grew up in. Uh, anyways. Um, Month away from hockey. Oh, one more. Yeah. Uh, this is you. What? You're Denver Broncos. Yeah, Made a trade. You love Teddy Bridgewater's story. I do. I love story. his story, yes. Now he's on your team. <laughs> And I asked about it this morning. Yeah. Seems like you don't love Teddy quite as much anymore. Well, I didn't love him as a Carolina Panther. He struggled. Um, it's hard not to root for the guy. He was going to be, he'd still be starting in, in Minnesota had the injury not happened. Yeah. I really believe that. I thought that his career was on the cusp. Like, I'm not saying he's going to Canton. I don't think I ever had him ticketed for the Hall of Fame. But I thought he was going to be a serviceable quarterback. And then it's one of these things he's ever going to play again. Um, and it was a big deal when he got that opportunity. Maybe Remember he played in relief or something? He finally got in mm-hmm. as a Viking. And then, of course, they didn't resign him. He goes to the Saints, and he leaves for the Saints, becomes the Panthers. But he wasn't good in Carolina. And he had moments. True. And McCaffrey, his running back, was out for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he he hardly played last year. And this was not a good football team. But to your point about Teddy going to the Broncos, I think in a perfect world, like in a perfect world, at nine tonight, they take Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Yes. And Teddy Bridgewater's a stopgap. I was going to use bridge quarterback, but that's a layup, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's using that. Um, for a year in kind of a, you know, a show me type of thing, Teddy Two Gloves is okay. He's a stopgap. Yeah, he's, he's, he's better than Case Keenum. Yeah. He's better than who else did they have? Joe Flacco. Yes. Um, who, who, I'm missing one of the stiffs they brought in. Well, I don't know. There's um, been Paxton some, Lynch and, and well, then, Paxton Lynch they drafted. Yeah, and yeah. getting into the drafted guys and yeah, and Brock Osweiler, Brock, yeah, that whole crew of tall quarterbacks that suck. Mm-hmm. Right. That's John Elway. So here's my theory on Denver. On Denver, and I'm and all ears. The reason that this came out now they gave up next to nothing for it. Six round pick. Yep. The Panthers are paying seven of the ten million dollars. That's great. That is, and I agree. You get a quarterback and a quarterback you like. At nine, this is mm-hmm, perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think Trey Lance, who needs that redshirt year? Yes, he does. This is a perfect one. But I think maybe more importantly, this is the new GM, George Patton. Mm-hmm. From the Bron- from the Vikings. Either showing his muscle or 
giving the middle fiddle finger to John Elway saying, you're not part of this. Yep. That you are a figurehead only, and that is all that you are, and that is all that you are going to be. You're John Elway. Go take a picture. Go shake some hands here at the draft party. Right. But you are not making decisions anymore because Drew Locke is your dude, yep. and he's not our dude anymore. Nope. That's how I see it from the outside. I'm sure you've read every Broncos blog and an article about this. <laughs> Does this have any any I, weight to you? Yeah, I think so. Look at the the John Elway GM era is over. Um, I don't know how much persuasion it actually took to get Peyton Manning to Denver, um, but whatever it did, you know, you got to give him credit for that. He made some good picks. He made some awful picks, but that's kind of the history of all GMs, right? right? Yeah. You know, that has been be better than anybody. <laughs> well, I know about the with, awful ones for sure. Right. With uh, the cast of characters that the Bears have run through of late. But, yeah, I, I think that this is George Patton. Uh, this is his opportunity to, you know, put his fingerprints on this team, and we'll see. I'm surprised Justin Fields is the guy that's falling, Trent. Mm-hmm. At least, as we sit here at 10, 20 after 10, it seems like he's the quarterback of the five. Might he be the last one standing? I don't think so. I still think it's going to be. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. You still. So you're not buying San Fran. I think they'd take Trey Lance. I think that makes a ton of sense. Garoppolo, because they said again this morning, Schefter reported. Now again, uh, you yeah. got to take everything with a grain of salt. That the Niners have no intentions. Intentions, keyword of trading Garoppolo as yeah. of this morning. So that tells me that maybe this is a developmental quarterback. So it's Trey Lance, it's Garoppolo for a year, then you get a little bit deeper, and you kind of get to that next tier and say Fields is still around, and whoever, 8-9, Carolina, Denver, take him. Then you look, Dallas isn't going to draft a quarterback, No way, no way. And is anybody a little bit deeper, say the Bears, are they enamored enough with Mac Jones to move up to, all right, we're going to go up to 11 to get him? what What did Belichick do at 15? Right. And and do both of those teams, is that the bidding war that starts? Is it mm-hmm. Patriots, Bears? If there's going to be somebody that really falls and falls, say, all the way to 20, I think Mac Jones is the only guy that that could happen. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. Although so I he, think he's going at three. Yeah. I, I do. I think he's I think he's the first core. Uh, he's the first of the other two. Well, he's the third quarterback. Because what we've heard is... The front office staff, for the most part, Lynch and company, they're more Trey Lance, where it is Shanahan mm-hmm. and the coaching staff mm-hmm. that is more Mac Jones. Mm-hmm. It's not a power struggle. This is a front office staff and coaching staff that work very well together. We continue to hear that about San Francisco. But ultimately, who gets to make that call? It's the I, GM, isn't it? It should be, but you know what? Those two are really tight, and they I are. think he defers to... On the offensive side of the ball, I think John Lynch defers to uh, Kyle Shanahan, and if that means if it's if it's if Shanahan gets his way, then it's I think it's Mac Jones, and then the draft is Atlanta. I still think they take Pitts. Uh, I think uh, Cincinnati's going to take Chase. I think the draft really starts at six because Penny Sewell is still on the board. You've got both of the Alabama receivers still on the board. Um, which Alabama receiver goes first, Waddle? Waddle will. Smith? I don't think he should. I think Smith should. I, I'm uh-huh. I'm a huge fan of Devonta Smith. I, the guy lost Waddle on the other side, mm-hmm. still put up ridiculous numbers. It did. didn't matter if you played press on him, if you bracketed him, if you tried to do anything, he still got open. 
And ultimately, isn't that what it's about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's little. Guess what? Right. Jalen Waddle's not real big himself. Jamar Chase is not a big receiver. We're not talking Megatron here. These are little receivers in their own right. So why is this such a bigger knock against Smith, the dude that actually did it last year? Those two guys didn't. No. Now, Waddle came back and played in the championship, and that says yeah. a lot, I think, for uh, him. No, too. absolutely it does. I mean, he, he played at, you know, whatever, 65 70%, yeah. but still. But yes, he, he dressed and played. He was yes. on the field. That says a lot to me. Jamar Chase? Mm-hmm. No, he's, he opted out the entire Do I season. want to use the top five? I'm Cincinnati. I know they played together. Yeah. Pretty easy for him to sit out. I, I know that shouldn't be a knock. We were dealing with the uh-huh. pandemic. But if I'm a GM, those are certainly the things that are Mike going through McCarthy my McCarthy came out and said as much yesterday with the Cowboys. Yeah. They don't want sit-out guys. Now, if the right sit-out guy falls in their lap, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's going to walk that one back is, is, is my assumption. How but, about this? Kadarius Tony going to be the best wide receiver in this draft. From Florida. Okay. I mean, it's a shot The, in the best dark. wide receiver in the draft. Better than Chase. Better than Chase. Yeah. Better than two Alabama cats. And situations matter so much. Uh-huh. And, and that's ultimately what this comes into. It's a 50-50 proposition. It's a coin flip. Doesn't matter what position group you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He's more than likely going to get drafted if it is late first round by a lot better team. And a lot better organization a lot of times. That helps a lot, too. How many running backs in the first round? Do, do both Etienne and Najee Harris go? I don't think so. I think it's just Harris. I know that prop is out there. It's one and oh, a half. Oh, is there? Yeah. It's one and a half. That one makes sense. And, and what's uh, what's kind of the price? Do you have to... I think it was about 50-50. Then, okay. This is about a week ago that I okay. saw that one. I think it was minus 125 on one side and minus mm-hmm. 105 on the other. I bet the under. Do you think Etienne's going to go? I think two teams really are focusing on running. Maybe three. Maybe Arizona. Yes. Pittsburgh wants a running back. Mm-hmm. And I think Harris is going to be a stealer. But Buffalo wants a running back. And I think that they would like to have Harris. Um, and he's not going to be there I don't think point. so either. So ETN from Clemson, who can catch the football out of the backfield. I might take the over. Take the over. Yeah, I might one. take the over. So I might balance the book since you're taking the under. And that's exactly what they want. They scoop the juice <laughs> yep. and they're perfectly happy. We'll um, try to make someone really happy by giving them an opportunity to hit a $1,000 home run. Do we have a home run call, Trent Condon? Oh, we have oh, a home run call. The infirmary it. strained hamstring earlier this month. And he's going to go the other way. Josh Naylor fading back and it's gone. Second pitch of the game, Byron Buxton muscles up. It's his eighth home run of the season, and the Twins grab a one nothing lead. There's your this YouTube guy. TV. That's what it is? That's what the call was from. So who, who was the... Um, I have no idea who that I'd was. I'd never heard that voice before. No, no, not at all. That's what you I missed I thought it yesterday. was visiting radio. He was no. so... No, that would have been Tom Hamilton. Swung on and belted. Well, I don't know if he'd say that with Buxton. But, <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah, that, I, I, I've never, I'm, I can't... No, have to do some research yeah, absolutely. on that. All right, uh, anyways, time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, a pop-up will appear. And once it does, enter the keyword laugh, L-A-U-G-H, laugh. Uh, not laugh like you do on your smartphone. 
L-A-U-G-H at KXNO.com. Your chance at $1,000, that's laugh. We will talk to Dane Mizutani, get the latest on the Vikings. They sit at 14. Will they remain at 14? Uh, we'll do that. We'll do some twins as well with Mizutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Bill Bender at 11.05. Your Bears fan. Jeff Hughes, up Bears blog at 11.25. Miller and Condon till noon. 14.60 KXNO. 800 bets off. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's a great line when Eric Clapton was asked what it's like to be the best guitar player in the world. Well, I don't know. You'll have to ask Prince. <laughs> what a great comeback, right? Fine Minnesota lad. Indeed he is. Uh, Dane Mazzatani covers Minnesota sports for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Wrote a good piece on Trey Lance and his Minnesota upbringing. And Dane Mazzatani joins us. Hello, sir. How are you? Welcome back. Trenton Ken, how are things? Doing well, guys. Happy draft day. Happy draft day. Let the bells ring out and the banners fly. It's finally here, Dane, and I'm pumped up about it. So let's. Uh, I'm going to get into your piece on Trey Lance. Um, I think he's going to go. I don't think he gets past Denver at nine. Uh, could obviously go before that. Uh, played at North Dakota State in the beautiful metropolis of Fargo, North Dakota slash Minnesota. Um, but only played one game last year. The year before that, he was literally perfect. Uh, is he ready for this, do you think, Dane? Yeah, I think he's ready for it. And sure, like you can look at his body of work and say, well, he played it against FCS competition. Like you mentioned, he only played one game last year because of the pandemic and then decided to set his focus on the draft coming up. Uh, but obviously, it looks like a good choice because he's going to go in the top ten. Mm-hmm. I think he's ready for it. He look at his body, look at his size. Um, you know, six four, two twenty five. I think he runs like a four five. That translates, and <laughs> maybe he's going to have to learn how to you know progress and, and go through his certain progressions. But you look at what he's done every step of the way throughout his career. He's won, and I think that speaks volumes. Like he's a winner, and I think whoever gets him is getting a winner. How does that guy get out of the state? How is yeah, it Phil Fleck and company offering a six four kid that's a winner from his uh, hometown home state? I, I that's that's those are always the ones that are baffling. Got to figure there was talent there. How do you end up in North Dakota State? Yeah, that one's confusing to me. Um, what I've heard from people is basically PJ Fleck recruited his quarterback for that class mm-hmm. once upon a time. I think his name was Brennan Armstrong. Mm-hmm. He ended up transferring out, going to Virginia. So when Trey Lance's recruit was o- recruitment was open. PJ Fleck already had his guy, already promised Brendan Armstrong, I'm not bringing another quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so stayed true to his word, didn't. Um, but he said, Trey, we'd love to have you, um, but you probably have to play safety. And Trey Lance basically said, thanks, but no thanks, I'm a quarterback. And he said he was going to bet on himself, and he did. And here we are now. Um, but I-, I think you're right. Like You look back on it now, and you're like, wow, what could, could – what could have been with Trey Lance under center? I know the Gophers have a pretty good one in, in Tanner Morgan, but Trey Lance is a top ten pick. Tanner yeah. Morgan is not, right. so it's uh, it's confusing when you look back on it. But I think 
each guy has their own path, and that sounds so cliche. Um, but Trey Lance certainly made the most of his, um, and I think it worked out okay for the Gophers in the end, too. Uh, he grew up where? Was your piece in Marshall, Minnesota? Where? Where is that? That's in southwest Minnesota. Okay. So Marshall, Minnesota, a town of like 15,000, basically. Not small, but definitely not big. Uh-huh. Um, the, the college in that town is southwest Minnesota State. Um, so people around this area... They, they know that, but it's, it's a small town. And that's when you look at maybe another thing that, that made people shy away from Trey Lance is it's a, it's a town of 15,000. It's a small town. He's playing against lesser competition in high school. Mm-hmm. And his coach, Terry Baldwin, even said that coming out. Like, maybe that's what made people shy away from him is that he maybe he couldn't do it against the big-name guys, but he's proven that he can. And um, we, we look at North Dakota State, and that's not a slot to a program. Um, so the fact that he was able to go there – be perfect, like you said. I think he threw 28 touchdowns, no interceptions um, in his only year as a full-time starter. Um, just kind of proves that everyone was wrong about him. But people have kind of doubted this kid along the way, and I, I think people are probably doubting him now. And I think he likes that. Um, it puts a chip on his shoulder. He's proven the doubters wrong pretty much since he's been uh, 10, 12 years old. They didn't think he was going to be a quarterback in Marshall. And he said, well, watch this. I'm going to be. And, and he did. And, and here he is now. And couldn't be happier for the kids. Uh, it's going to be an awesome moment, and I I know talking to people in that town, it's going to be an awesome moment for Marshall as well. Yeah, I bet it is. So, what, I mean, I, I know that NFL teams don't do this just because, I mean, well, Carson wins with the North, North Dakota State, and it really hasn't worked out lately for him. So, therefore, we can't take another kid who played uh, for the Bison. Um, so, that won't be the case, but... At, at the same time, when you compare the two's career uh, when they were in uh, when they were at North Dakota State, is it even fair to do that? I don't think so, and I think it's it's hard to compare. You know, just because they went to school at the same place, like I know they were both winners at that school. Mm-hmm. They both proved to be able to get it done at that school, but they're different quarterbacks. So just to say, like, oh, Carson Wentz has struggled as of late. There's no chance Trey Lance is going to be good. Like. I think that's tough, um, and I think that's kind of like kind of a disservice to Trey Lance and everything he's worked for, and also kind of a disservice to Carson Wentz because like we don't need to just be comparing these guys. It's just an easy thing to do, and I understand like we all need things to talk about. Um, you know, the draft experts that have been talking about this thing for a month, two months, just run out of things to talk about. So you just <laughs> say, "Oh, yeah. North Dakota State kids, like." Yeah, they're, they're probably the same, right? They're not the same at all. Um, they're, they're different quarterbacks, and just because Carson Wentz has struggled, I don't think that means Trey Lance can't do anything in the league. Well, it doesn't look very likely that Lance will be there at 14 and be able to reunite in his home state. So let's jump to the Vikings and and draft needs that they're there. Uh, we had our radio station mock draft last night. Mac Jones was on the board, and our uh, celebrity picker took him at that spot. Don't think that's going to happen. When you look at needs-based, what do you think makes the most sense, Dane, for the Vikings at number 14? Definitely on the line, whether that's offensive line or defensive line. I don't think you can go wrong if you're the Vikings there. Those are, I think, your two biggest pressing needs. So you look at who's going to be there from as far as offensive linemen at 14. If Rashawn Slater's there from Northwestern, I think the Vikings will be jumping for joy. I think that that pick will take five seconds. I think they'll take Rashawn Slater yeah. and stick him in at left or right, mm-hmm. probably left tackle for the next 10, 15 years. Now, the problem is if he's not there. Um, do you want to take Elijah Mary Tucker at 14? Some people think you can trade back and get him. 
maybe Kurt, do you want to take Christian Derrissaw there? Um, you know, he, he's a guy who slots in as a left yeah. tackle in the league. Um, there's a lot of options that the Vikings are going to have if their top guy isn't there. And their top guy, well, it's Penny Sula, but he's not going to be there. And Rashad Slater's, you know, 1A, and he's probably not going to be there. So if those two guys are off the board, then maybe Rick Spielman, he loves to trade back. Um, he'll probably trade back and, and maybe try and pick up a second-round pick because he doesn't have one right now. You look at defensive line could also be a thing with Quiddy Pay. Um, everyone talks about how bad the Vikings pass rush was last year, and you know Zimmer likes to get after opposing quarterbacks. Quiddy Pay is a guy out of Michigan who mm-hmm. who can do that and do that with skill. Um, but I, I'd be curious. Like Rick Spielman has a lot of picks in this draft. He always has a lot of picks. He always trades back. Will he trade up? Like maybe he maybe he says I'm getting Slater. I'm not letting the Chargers even think about him. So right. maybe that's something that he, he thinks about, and maybe that's something the Vikings do for the first time in a long time. They trade up to get a guy. Um, so it'll be interesting. Um, I think it gets real interesting if Justin Fields is on the board at 14. Mm. I don't think the Vikings would open that can of worms because that just starts a complete drama, like quarterback <laughs> controversy. Yeah. You know, I don't think they want to do that in, in a year where they think they're going to be competing for a Super Bowl now, or, or they hope to as the window closes. Uh, but man, it would be interesting if he was on the board at fourteen-two. No, it really would, and it'd be really interesting because that would have meant that, uh, in all likelihood, the Bill Belichick and the Patriots draft fifteen didn't try and get in front uh, of that spot. Uh, going to be uh, fascinating to see what they do. Slater's the guy, and Dan, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it, the Chargers are in the market, I think, for an offensive lineman, and they draft right before the Vikings do. And if he seemingly is falling in the falling, I don't think the Chargers would let Slater go uh, past thirteen t- to that spot. So a couple of other a couple of other guys as we move on in the draft. And you mentioned uh, Kirk Cousins. Well, let me start. Let me just stop and and um, and pick your brain on this, Cousins. After this year, correct, it doesn't become as impossible to get out from underneath that co- uh, contract, or is it two more years? Do you do you know, Dane? It's after this year. Yep. So this year, he's untradeable, unmovable. I think it would be like $41 million dead cap if they were to move him. So they're not moving him. Um, I think next year, I think it's $10 million. Don't quote me on that for sure, but I think it would be $10 million in dead cap, which is still a lot, but it's not you know, crippling. Like, if the Vikings had to eat $41 million, they would struggle to field the roster next year. $10 million, you could figure out ways around it. You know, the salary cap is such a science at this point anyway, and it seems like there's always ways around creating more room. So, yeah, I think Kirk Cousins, maybe next year, if, if this year doesn't go as planned, then you can start to think about the future. Um, but, yeah, he's certainly the guy right now. And they don't have a pick in the second round. Is, uh, is We're slated to go here, get going at 6 o'clock tonight. No pick in the second round. So are they going to at some point address the quarterback position in this draft, do you think, Dane? Uh, will will there be you know a Kellen Mons or you know one of the one of the next tier of quarterbacks like Kyle Trask? Um, will will they address quarterback if there's one there and, it, and potentially could they try to get into the second round to do that? Yeah, I would not be surprised. Um, I'm not sure if they're trading back in the second round to take a quarterback because that would be it would cost that it would cost them some draft capital to get back in the second round. So unless they're in love with a guy, maybe they're in love with Kyle Trask. I, I'm not sure. But yeah, if, if I do think at some point we will see them take a quarterback in this draft, and I think is that is that in the third round? Is that in the fourth round? I think they have four fourth round picks. Yes. So maybe you take a flyer on a the guy there. Um, 
at that point, if you take them in the third or the fourth round, if you take a quarterback, it's not a competition. I don't think there's pressure saying, okay, start this guy right away. It's someone who you're grooming for the future. So I think as far as, you know, the aesthetic from the outside goes, that would be a little bit more palatable um, for the front office because they wouldn't have to deal with the constant firestorm of, okay, when are you starting this guy? When are you starting this guy? Um, because it would be Kirk Cousins' job. But I wouldn't be surprised. I think Rick Stillman's drafted like two quarterbacks since he's been the guy, and I wouldn't be as surprised if we if we get a third one this year. Spielman, hear a wide range of things up there about him. I, I think he's about as good of a GM as you're going to find. If this draft doesn't go well, or more importantly, if this season doesn't go well, is Spielman in trouble up there? Well, maybe both of them. Zimmer too. Yeah, that's hard because they are, yeah, Zimmer and Spielman are tied at the hip. And Spielman basically tied himself to Kirk Cousins when he gave him the $84 million contract once upon a time. Uh, basically, they put all his eggs in that basket, said, we're in a Super Bowl window, and I think you're my guy. So if it doesn't work out, he probably could be in trouble. But I think you're right. we got to look at Rick Spielman as someone who, like, the quarterback position, I, I know he hasn't totally hit on that in his tenure here. Um, but he's had some bad luck along the way. Teddy Bridgewater's knee exploded. Um, Kirk Cousins has been good, um, just not great. But you look at the talent that, that Spielman's able to mine the draft for. He's getting guys in the fourth round that, that are going on to be pro bowlers, fifth round, sixth round picks that are starters. Like He's been a really good GM. So I would be a little hesitant to be like, move on, maybe the grass isn't always greener kind of thing, because you look at the roster the Vikings have put together, and I think we talked about this the last time I was on with you guys, there's a lot of talent coming back this year, Mm -hmm. and whether that shakes out as a Super Bowl, like I'm not sure, but they're a playoff team, and they're a playoff team largely because Spielman knows how to build a roster. Now it's just a matter of getting the quarterback right. Uh, real quick, away from the Vikings, just to the T Wolves, who seemingly are going to mess around here, and and because they're on a three game winning streak, when they should be, they should be tanking because their uh, their first round pick is only top three protected, and they could use one more guy. And then I think this team, this roster, might be set. What's the fan base? How is the fan base reacting to the to them all of a sudden starting? The light is going on, but at the same time, knowing if it does uh, continue uh, to shine brightly, that they're all, in all likelihood going to lose their first round pick yeah i think it was exciting when they beat the jazz a couple of times and, and fans were like okay this is fun like i haven't seen wins in a while but then you start to look at the schedule and they beat the rockets like you said the other night to kind of catch that three game win streak in stone and you start to look at the standings and you get a little nervous um i think fans are ready for them to stop winning <laughs> i think fans are like okay it was cool we can see the future maybe it's a little brighter than we thought but let's not lose this pick. At the same time, like Chris Finch and the front office and the coaching staff, I don't think we're going to see made-up injuries down the stretch. You see that a lot of times in the NBA where it's like, oh, this guy tweaked his ankle. He's done for the season. I don't think we're going to see that because I think they want to continue this build. Uh, one thing I'll say about the Timberwolves is like they are finally a fun team, and I don't mean that in the sense that, like, they're winning all the time because they're one of the worst teams in the record-wise. So they're not fun in that sense. But you look at the personalities on this team, and it feels different this year. And I've been around this team for you know 10 years. I worked for them out of college. And it just feels a little bit different this year as far as the personality. So certainly you want to keep that pick. Um, but I, 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 it'd be hard to just 
as the coaching staff be like, okay, we're not trying to win anymore. Speaking of wins, the Twins finally got one, but at eight and fifteen, saw a lot of uh, people going back about a decade and talking about coming off a playoff team. How quickly that team fell apart in 2010, 2011 in that range. Your thoughts overall, can they get back in it, or is this just too much of a flawed baseball team? I I want to say they can get back in it. And I, I say that like cautiously optimistic because I just think there's too much talent on this team still. And, and I know the talent hasn't been performing at its full potential so far this year, namely the bullpen, namely the, the starting rotation. But there's just so much talent on this team. And Byron Buxton's playing like an MVP mm-hmm. right now. I just think at some point he, he's going to be able to carry the team like he did yesterday with his 5-for-5 five five performance, with his leadoff home run. I think they had, this team has some untapped swagger about them. I think maybe we saw a little bit of that yesterday. Now the key is stringing it together. You play the Royals this weekend. Um, it's a chance for you to get back mm-hmm. into the race. Um, that's the thing, though. Like they got to get hot to even get back into the race. It's not a, a get hot and you know, be a top of division. They have to just rattle off some wins to even put themselves in the conversation. But I think they're capable of doing that. Just a matter if they can. Dane Mazzatani, Dane, great stuff as always. We appreciate uh, having you on. I know there's a lot of our audience that uh, uh, wishes we talk more about the Minneapolis sports scene as they got four of the big big squads up there, and we uh, uh, certainly enjoyed this. Thank you, Dane. We'll talk to you down the road. Appreciate it. Anytime, Good to talk to you. Dane Musatani. TwinCities.com. TwinCities.com. St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll take a time out, come back, finish up the hour. I'm going to talk about that. I don't know if it's on the drawing board or not. I hope it is. The college football playoff. Bill Bender. What's his ultimate? If he could wave his magic wand, how many teams? Would it stay at four? Go to eight? 12, 16, Bill Bender at 11.05, Miller and Condon till noon, 1460 KX and 01. I just want to listen to Prince all day now. Okay. So good. Yes, indeed he was. Miller and Condon, welcome back. 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Do you remember the movie Purple Rain when it came out? Mm-hmm. Wait, was that the late 70s? I don't remember it coming out. I remember the movie. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you were born. No, watching it in deep cable. See, I thought it was early 80s. It might have been. I want to say like 83, something like that. That's still a big thing. Well, pre-COVID, that they'd have at theaters up in Minneapolis. Oh, would they? Yeah, They'd play it there. And and I had some my buddies that live up there that would turn into either a date night or something like that. I saw it in a theater when it came out. 1984. Four. Was it really? Yeah. Okay, I would have been. I was wrong on that one. I thought it was seventies. Uh, anyways, bathe in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Is that what it was? Yeah, I, I've done that. Yeah, I, I've done that. Absolutely, it's a great, it's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. It really is. The summer, right? Right. You, <laughs> not you not so much sh- in the winter. Basically, Memorial Day to Labor Day. Yeah. Oh, you can stretch it out a little bit, can't you? S- sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're lucky here. No, we for a lot of reasons. You just go even two hours north where I'm from. Mm-hmm. The difference is stark between even North Iowa and here. Then you get to Minneapolis. Right. Those winters are brutal. And then... Yeah, go eight hours further north. <laughs> and enjoy the month of June. Yeah. Uh, well, it's so bad, honestly. The, um, that there's a... The country gets a holiday. The first Monday in August mm-hmm. is a holiday. Because it's in, ending... Because it's, yeah, it's, you know, you have you guys live here nine months out of the year when it really blows. Take this Monday off and go out and blow the stink off you and have some fun because <laughs> it's about to buckle in. 
Uh, it's about to get bad. Anyways, our number two, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Uh, we'll talk to Bill about college football. He has done a ton on this draft as well. Boy, Sporting News really ratcheting it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they got fan. sold to that new group. We were a little nervous. Oh, I remember that, right. Was it a... It was an Asian company, I believe. I don't remember, but we were wondering about our mm-hmm. friends Vinny Iyer and, of course, Bill Bender. I read something about the way that basically their articles, though, are now with this new company. When you Google something, yeah, that their articles are moving to the top of that Google list and the way that they you know, basically are able to do that in their combination. You, with, do you pay for that? You, know? you do. Yeah. And that this company is really good at that. So maybe that is good news for SportingNews.com. Well, it's, it's always been a wonderful publication, and now it's an online only affair, but uh, some really good uh, sports journalist talents over there, and we'll talk to one of them next. Bill Bender will join us, and then we'll get into the Bears. You Bears fans, what are you going to do at 20? Do you remain at 20? Do you go back? Do you come up? Jeff Hughes on Dub Bears, Miller and Condon with the 11 o'clock hour. It's next on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.